G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 28 of the Outback Mind podcast. Very, very uh, grateful to have a young man, or when I say young man, he's in his 40s, uh, gentleman by the name of Anderson Mokawiti uh, from the Gold Coast. Now, um, I was really grateful to meet Ando uh, a while back, um, and he's a mutual friend uh, through some other colleagues that uh, are involved with Wild Earth uh, down there, which is uh, uh, an outdoor uh, running store. And um, bumped into Ando a few weeks back and um, sort of uh, kept in touch ever since. And um, Asked him to uh, to come onto this podcast. Now I've always uh, been admiring Ando from afar because he's such a, a gifted and talented runner. But he also actually really, really loves what he's doing. He runs every day, runs about one hundred and sixty k's a week on average, um, and he just just really enjoys what he does. Um, you know, whether you're running for ten minutes, a couple of hours, it doesn't matter as long as you're really loving what you're doing, whether it be running or, or something. You know, that you're really uh, tapping into your true essence. Now. The real, uh, the real reason I wanted to, uh, to, to get Ando on is because he's just been able to take such a negative um, into a positive. So Ando, some years ago, uh, was paralysed. Um, he was in hospital for, for nine months, couldn't move uh, for three months, basically started to uh, put all his energy into moving one finger, um, and that took a lot of effort. And then basically once he conquered that, he moved on to other parts of his body, to be able to um, finally get up to a stage where he could stand. Now, one of his physios said to him, uh, once he sort of had some recovery under his belt, that it would be great for him to start running. Uh, so he did, a few steps at a time, which led to a little bit more and a little bit more. And now he's doing what he's doing, and he's doing it incredibly well. So he's got some amazing uh, achievements under his belt. Uh, but more importantly, it's not so much about the achievements, it's actually about the enjoyment. Uh, and what he does, I don't really see uh, Ando as being someone that's driven by competition. I just really believe he's driven by uh, the second chance that he's been given and the gift that he actually, uh, he knows he's able to access every day. And that's tapping into his, uh, his highest self, highest consciousness and tapping into nature. And that's what he really loves and adores. So I think we can all get a, a lot out of uh, Ando's journey uh, and what he's actually been able to achieve, um, you know, and taken. What could have uh, been something that was, you know, quite de- detrimental uh, if he had taken a, a negative attitude? Uh, he took a positive attitude and has never looked back. Through that positive attitude, come significant change. And I just want everyone listening to be able to maybe pick up uh, a thing or two from what Ando's experienced and what he can share with us um, through this podcast. So sit back, listen, appreciate your feedback on this one. I think it's going to be a, a magnificent, uh, enlightening conversation. I'm pretty sure everyone will. Uh, be able to appreciate and enjoy. And uh, please uh, don't forget to check out uh, Green Nutritionals. Uh, they're the great provider of uh, green superfoods, um, excellent products, uh, spirulina, barley grass, a host of different things to support well-being, physical and mental well-being. So just check them out. Uh, and uh, I'm pretty sure you'll like what you see. They do some amazing things. Probably the best uh, best product um, in this um, superfood market, I believe, anywhere in the world. So uh, it's www.greennutritionals.com.au and uh, yeah, certainly check their website out and uh, shoot uh, Mark any questions you have with regards to their products. I think you'll find him very uh, welcoming and accommodating to, uh, to answer your needs and requirements on uh, improving your health and well-being. Anderson McQuitty, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Oh, what a pleasure. Finally, we're able to uh, connect those beautiful minds and uh, get something positive out of this. Yeah, it's an honor to be here, man. Oh, yeah, really appreciate you being here, buddy. And uh, uh, some people out there might be a bit challenged with your strong accent, but that's okay. I'm sure they'll be able to pick up plenty from this. So, all good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, they're going to struggle from a Brazilian accent, but like, yeah, it's uh, it's the love. I think everyone understands. When it comes to the love, I think yeah, that uh, comes to everyone's heart, and uh, that's all we're trying to do tonight. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, yeah, look, 
You've got such an amazing story, mate, and, and I touched on that on the intro here, but we're going to go right into this as we go along. And as I sort of mentioned, you know, I really want guys to and, and girls to take away from this conversation. Um, doesn't matter what the little challenges are that we've got going on in our lives, they can be a really a great tool and a platform for growth. And, you know, that's what you've been able to do with... Um, with your disadvantage and turn that into your advantage, mate. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that uh, a bit later, but your upbringing in Brazil, mate, it was pretty hard, running around barefoot and uh, doing all the sort of things, not having much money as a family. Can you talk to us a bit about that, mate? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think you coming from a third world country, you have your, your challenge, like everyone has a challenge everywhere they grow up. But I think being uh, coming from Brazil is, is a bit harder and tougher. We come from a family of like myself, my older sister, mom and dad, and we were growing up in like a really minimum. But uh, and to add to that, like dad had his his old uh, demons that uh, fighting demons with like alcohol and stuff, mm. which makes the things even more challenge. But uh, I think you know, what I tried to get out of that was always have that the kids mindset where you just want to enjoy life pretty much. So you, you see those challenges, but you kind of uh, try to get like some positive things out, out of the challenge and live a best life. Yeah. We, we've talked about that a bit on this podcast, mate. The kids mindset is being in theta. So that's that like sort of calm, natural state that you have when you're a kid, when you're living in the moment and, um, yeah, we'll go into that more later, mate, but you're, you're getting into that with your running now, I reckon. But, um, mate, you would have had a lot of challenges back in Brazil then. Like you said, your dad had a, a, a pretty heavy drinking problem. Did a lot of the, the money that he earned go on grog and that sort of thing? Or Oh, like, uh, dad had a lot of problems with alcohol. Like, I grew up, I was lucky because he was showing their lifestyle to me and i was always like watching and say oh my god i can never get to that side mm. so until my like my teenagers years i was always like into the sports so i think the sports saved myself like and got me out of like heaps of trouble mm. like until i was pretty much 13 14 all i was doing was playing sports i didn't care about anything else mm. so we had really hard times because daddy couldn't uh uh, unfortunately, couldn't provide a really good lifestyle because of his addiction. Mm. But he was all I got out of that. I was just learning, like I just, uh, I, I got a, like a lot of learning out of that, and it was it was good. Mm. But yeah. like every everyone struggle, I also had my struggle. Like one mommy left home because she couldn't handle anymore. Mm. That's when like I had my like my mental health, I had my problems, and. Uh, like we, we talked before, I also had someone who hold my hand and say, man, listen, let's uh, have a shot and I'll take you out of there. Like, and then took me so, some, to some, uh, I did therapy and the psychotherapy and I did yoga. I did everything possible to get me out of like that start of like, I, I drink for a little bit when mommy left home. And that's when I like, had a few like a car crashes and you know the problem, but uh, it's sometimes it's almost impossible to uh, to live by own. Like you need support. Mm. How old were you then, mate? When you went through that bit of a dip? When I, I think it was when I turned eighteen. Like I was, uh, I got my drive license, and back then, like there was no such a thing. Like you could drink and drive. Yep. And I, I had like three big car crash. One of them that was like open my eyes. And like I really like I, I was like driving 80 k per hour, fully drunk, and uh, I crashed in another car who was the same speed. I didn't have seat belts. Mm. Yeah, I broke a couple of ribs, um, smashed my face in the, in the front mirror window. But uh, I was like, I think yeah, uh, when you have a good soul, you always gonna connect to people who are there to help you when you need it. And back in the day, I used to work for a guy who just was like my, he, he, he took the responsibility, like he became my daddy. And then that's where like everything started like fall, like uh, I could start connecting the pieces. And uh, he took me to some therapy sessions. He was always talking about like um, surfing, yoga. So yeah, he was like 
pretty much like a, one of the angels who are out there like just help people who need it. He was uh, giving you some uh, exposure to healthy lifestyle behaviors by the sounds of it. Oh man, it's like, I think that's why I, I love what I, where my life leads me today because uh, I think we, like the same as you, like we, we have the opportunity to, to give back, hmm. to see what was the mistakes we done and uh, how we got out of there. And if you can save one person like a day, that's, uh, it's, it's amazing, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, you know, you, you and I have had the conversation about our, our higher levels of consciousness and, and what it is that makes us feel human. And, and so it's that ability to be able to lift other people up and, and show that compassion and uh, and so forth to be able to you know shift people's awareness and consciousness and um, that that's very rewarding. But when we go into the lower levels of com- consciousness of um, you know comparison and competition and judgment and all that, that's when we really work from our, our, our the lower end of the ladder, I suppose. You know, so a hundred percent. I always say like it's it's easy to see a friend in the dark but it's hard to walk with them in the dark because mm-hmm. you first need to make that person comfortable and say, hey, I'm here. We're going to walk in, that, in this shit together. Mm-hmm. But uh, because you, you won't be able to get like them out like straight away. You just need to make sure they make them comfortable and say, oh, I'm not here by myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, th- I always think that like I was like when I was in the dark, it wasn't someone who's like, oh, no, man, I, I was to change your life now he just literally hold my hand and say let's walk walk in the dark together yeah absolutely that that's the thing mate because i think as guys we actually uh find ourselves in that space and that's when we turn to poor lifestyle behaviors to give us some comfort um you know that's probably what you did when you were in that sort of stage uh, around the 18 and you were going to booze because you were probably still feeling pretty low about what happened with your dad and then your mum, obviously and you're the only companion that you really had was was drinking and um uh you know you're very lucky and fortunate this guy was able to come along and, and sort of show you some uh more more light behaviors rather than sort of dark behaviors that could actually you know grow you as an individual rather than take your well-being the other way oh so true man so true. because like when you are in that stage we can't lie like if you the alcohol make you feel good mm. but uh, after that just get worse yeah it does yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just like it gets worse and worse and it's it, you're just digging you're just digging and like make the hole even bigger it, it's it's like a, you it's almost impossible to live by your own like you need like but i think you also uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know if i was lucky to have that person because uh, it's usually you, I don't know if it's selfishness or if you're scared to share what's going on, mm. but I, I was really scared. Like, lucky, like some people saw, and he in particular, let's hold my hand and say, No, 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 I'm not gonna let you go, mm. and gave me all the support I needed. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And uh, so many people like yourself that have been able to become real uh guides and leaders in life have just had someone that's actually pulled them along you know i i i, I really i'm really curious and I've, I've done work in prisons before mate and i see guys like yourself that have taken the other way rather than the had the ability to be able to have someone pull them along and if we're able to do that with with um you know one in five people out there that want the help then amazing uh how the changes can actually happen and how much better of a a positive world would actually have if, if that was available so let's use that as a model mate that prison model like we're actually punishing people for trauma that they have no control over and um what i want to see you know, is more of a restorative justice where people can be rehabilitated you know through being able to have positive messages right rather than punishment when they get into that space so so your life is not in your old you could have went the other way real quick mate you know and there's a big a big lesson in that for a lot of the people listening that may have uh, found themselves or may still find themselves in that space uh, yep. to say, look, you know, if you haven't got someone to guide you, try and find someone that can actually coach you uh, that you can go to that you align with, and then be able yeah, to uh, yeah move forward with that. You know, that that's the only way. It's it's being able to get someone to take you on the journey, take you along, and show you how to go, and uh, and show you the way. Yeah, at the end of the day, we 
I, I, it's really simple. Like we just wanna like be loved and love. You know, it's uh, it, it, it's not. It's just like when you are there. It's it's you know what's what has happened, but mm. you can't control. Mm. And uh, it's like sometimes like you can come to a person and give that person a hug. You don't even need to know that person, and like that can change the life. Yeah, I think when I think when you are in that, that that deep, like your your emotions is is all the negative things comes to your body. It's it's, it's there, and then it, it's just like a, I think love can save a lot of things, man. And like to help someone, it's like it's pure. Like when people does that to you, he's done from the heart, mm. and like I just like what I see, like now like uh, everything i do is from my heart no mm. matter what mm. yeah, you're able to access that every day mate because you're, you're actually running and you're getting out of your mind and uh and there's such a you know an important gift and lesson in that we'll, we'll talk about that more mate because it's so profound that is our true human nature to be in that space you know just getting back to what i touched on before if you walked into a jail and tried to hug someone if you walked into a year 12 class uh, room and tried to hug a boy or uh, someone in there, they would just be so, you know, threatened by it. But, you know, once you let people know that everything's okay, then they start to open up and that's when the real growth starts to happen, mate. So really, uh, really lovely for you to touch on that. But, mate, I want to get into your journey a bit more now. So you were like, uh, after that period, you were in your early 20s when you moved out here to Australia, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So what has happened is that that guy who, like, pretty much saved me, he was always talking about, like, a Oh man, try to uh, to change it, change everything. Like so, before I, I came to Australia, I got into surfing. So uh, I surfed for a few years, like living on a beach. But uh, <clears throat> I think the opportunity to give yourself a chance to learn everything else, like uh, to see your like, oh, <clears throat> to put yourself in a position where you need help. Like not just like uh, being uh, when I was with the mental health, but being like coming to, like planning to come to Australia. I didn't know what was was gonna happen because everything was going to be new. I knew I would be fully open to other people's jump in my life and help because I couldn't speak English. Everything was gonna be new. Mm. So, but but uh, that person who saved me, he was always saying uh, he lived in England, and he was always saying, man. Like, you're going to learn so much going like away, going to overseas and stuff. Mm. And that can, can be like a, your like salvation, like help you even more with like your mental health and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just uh, just touching on your mental health problems, mate, was it pretty much depression and that that you went through? <clears throat> yes, it was, I think, uh, depression. Like when you're, because in our case, like what has happened is like uh, my mom had to leave and he, she wasn't the wrong one. But she had to leave, otherwise my dad was going to kill her because he was really addicted to alcohol. He was really aggressive. Mm. So when we, mommy left, we, me and my sister found, found out like we were like running alone. Mm. How and old were you? That, about 16, 17 then? Yeah, 16, 16, 17. And then uh, once I got the, like my drive license, then the things just got like worse. Mm. Yeah. Mm. No doubt, mate. Yeah, I... I, I feel really, um, uh, you, you know, sorry for that, uh, you know, happening to you, but uh, it's so common, you know, uh, that we, we go through these sorts of things at that age and, and that can be really traumatic. But, you know, we're going to talk more about what's come from that and, and how that's actually helped you be the person that you are now, mate. But when you got to Australia, I think you were pretty well uh, on your own. You didn't have anyone supporting you and you had to sort of make your own way. No, I, I came really like by my own. I like that was like 2004, so I was like, uh, I'm gonna. There's a big change. Uh, the plan was just come here, spend a year, learn English, and go back to my my life and try something new. Like I would have like some courses in my backpack, and that could get me a better job. Mm-hmm. And you just traveled around and just see where life took you. <clears throat> Yeah, 100%. I was like, oh, I'm going to go. So he had a plan as eh? Australia and then uh, go a little bit Asia and then jump to Europe and then probably go back to Brazil. Mm-hmm. 
But that was like December 2004 when I got here. And then uh, my course started in January. And then like I was for a few months in and uh, I got the disease. Right, mate. Now, I, yeah, we, we need to talk about this because this is a really pivotal part of time yeah. in your life. This, it was, it was Guillain Barr disease, is that how it's pronounced? Guillain Barr disease, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bar, yeah. So, so, so you never knew that you had this and you were out surfing one day and an accident happened, is that right? Oh, yeah. I was like surfing like every day, like studying. I, work, I was working as a dishwasher. I was living like the, the student life. It was everything going really well. So surfing like in Burley Head and I had a wipeout where I hit the bank, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's a sandbank. So I was like, oh, that's going to be fine. I went to work that night and that pain was just getting worse. Mm -hmm. So I went to, I saw some doctors they're like, oh, that might be just like a, something because you, you hit your low back. So give me some tablets, send me home. And it literally in two weeks, I couldn't move anymore. And then as I was like, getting worse, couldn't like pretty much I had to like, it was hard to like get up bed. I was like, nah, that's, uh, that might be something else. So and then I went to the Gold Coast Hospital and like I remember it took me like uh, hours to, because uh, I was really busy and then they got all the tests done and just like, yeah, we, we know what's happened. Mm. We don't know how long it takes to recover. Some people will never recover. Mm. Some people recover 50% and everyone is different. They, they, and they, they, did they know that you had that disease then, mate, or not? Yeah, and they, they, they get it like, they do that. They take the liquid out of your spine mm -hmm. to do the tests, and then they say, oh, yeah, that's Guillain-Barras. And, and I was like, oh, cool. But I, for me, it's interesting because... Uh, my English was horrible, <laughs> and still. But um, I had friends who I used to live with, and he, they hide like they they hide so much, man. They were like a doctor was saying, like, "Oh, there's a chance you, you're never gonna walk again." They would be like, "Man, they're so positive. They say like they know what's going on, like everything's gonna be fine." So like to have that completely different mindset also help a lot. Mm. Like I, I didn't know what's going on. Like I was like, oh, it's just something which that they say, oh, I think you better stay in hospital for a couple of weeks because mm. they're going to look after you, but like you should be fine. It won't be long. So they, they did a good job. My friends did a really good job because um, in my mind, it was just like, oh, I know what's wrong. They know what's wrong, but I should be fine. So when you were in hospital, when, when that stage came, when you got in there, you were fully paralyzed and you could only make Fully paralyzed. So you couldn't yeah. move. All you could move is a part of your face. Is that right? Exactly. Half of my face. So, so one eye, that's all you, you'd be able to use to communicate? Pretty much. One eye. I have my mouth. Like, so I have one side of my mouth moving. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much. Yeah, it was like... And it's hard because like I'm the guy who I, I sleep, I turn and I move, and like to have to sleep without moving to me was like was cruel. Just be on your back the whole time, all the time, yeah. But like Becky, that's that's funny how life is. Yeah, uh, before I had the had the surfing accident, I we went out and like uh, I we went out and I, I met like a Brazilian girl who pretty much she ended up like helping me the whole like eight months uh, when, as I was like living in hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's like, so she was like next to my bed, pushing me, like turning me and it's like crazy. But like, yeah. It, I was going to say, she, she came to the hospital and visited you every day. Oh, every day, man. Every day. She was there every day. And I was like, no, go and live your life. Like, you're just here, like, for holidays. You need to go and live your life. I was like, man, just leave me alone. I'm happy to be here. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying. And I was like, oh, cool. It's like, I can talk to the nurses. I can speak English. So I'm fine. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah she, she was every day, every single day until, like, I pretty much left the hospital. She, she arrived in your life for a reason at that time, mate. That, that's oh, man, it's, it's like how I live my life in those days. Like, you are a good human, 
you always connect yourself to a good human. If someone they're not good, they're not gonna be close to you. Mm, mm, mm. They they feel the energy. If you have a good energy, if you have a good mindset, you just wanna see everyone happy, everyone smiling. The people around you is gonna be with the same mindset. Yes, that's right. So, Absolutely. So so I always see like that things like happen because I'm also had that. I've always been like a nice person. Like I never had anything affecting me, any of those problems I had in the past affecting me. I always had my mom teaching me how to be nice to a other human being. She's like, doesn't matter the color, doesn't matter where they come from, you need to be nice to everyone. And I always carry that with me. That was like really something I'm really proud of myself. I always carry that. Mm. Like wherever I go, I will like, um, doesn't matter who they are, they're always going to be treated with love. Mate, when, and I think... Sorry, go, get, keep going. Yeah, go, 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 go. I was going to say, when you were in that hospital bed, you were in there for eight or nine months, did you have a positive attitude the whole time? I, I would say, like, again, there's a, it's a lot of people, man. There's a lot of people who they are such, like, amazing human beings too. So I had my girlfriend back in the time, I had a, a guy who was a taxi driver, Brazilian guy. He came in one day and said, oh, I found like, I, I heard there's a Brazilian guy who's sick here. I was like, oh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit. He's like, do you mind if I come here every day? Really? And, uh, and he started coming every day, like bringing like a treat so that as I would go to the physio, they would like play, all right, he deserves a chocolate if he walks like three steps. So... There was this that guy, and then there was a, a guy who was uh, working at Glucose Hospital. He was like a student, like a, a physiotherapist, but he was a student. And he's also like did everything for my recovery. Those three people, they like, there was no, there's no way you can like uh, not be positive when you have like that such a big team like working next to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mate, uh, so. So it was three months before you could actually move anything. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. That took him like uh, three months, and it's crazy as that few. Like, but uh, it's incredible how your brain is. Like, I remember like, my first movement was my moving my fingers, and uh, it's pretty much you. Once you move that finger, you're gonna move that finger forever. Mm. Mm. It's not like tomorrow I'm not gonna move a finger. Now, if I move the finger today, tomorrow I'm gonna move the finger and something else. Mm. It's like, it's out of control. It's like how crazy your mind can be in like in a positive, in a negative way as well. So, so it was actually, your ego was sort of pushing you along to, to get a bit ahead of yourself, is that right? Oh, there's, they were like, like literally, it was like a, a competition. Every day it was a competition. Like mm-hmm. every day, the people was pushing me to like to to like get uh, improve in all the aspects. Like or even if the English, they were like you know, giving me like new words and like that yeah, was that was that was a a great experience actually. Like yeah, even like if it was one of the toughest times of my life, they there was people there turned that in such a great experience. You learned you learn so much, mate. Look. Oh, so much, so much. I learned like how uh, how many people out there, they just love what they do. They just do because passion, like they just do because like they want to see you recovering. They like, they cry to see you improving. Like there are people there who deserve all the respect, all the love we have and we carry for us because they're Damn, and oh, at the same time, there's the people there who they're there just to pay the bills. But uh, mm. those people that don't connect to what you're carrying, like it, your soul connects to the good people because you are good human. Mm, amazing, mate. Look, you know, so I just want to talk more about it. So you went from just focusing on moving one little part of your body and then progressing. So. How long was it until you could actually like start to get out of bed or stand up again? Well, there was like a, we had the finger and then move your hands and then uh, I think my arms went really quick, like uh, the recovery was really fast. Mm. 
uh, for the whole time, for like a, a year, I was like uh, tingling and, and needles in my feet. Mm. It was like really weird feeling. My legs took a while to like to come back, mm. like sit down as well, because like I, I didn't move for three months. So everything was like so stiff. Mm. So I had like to have like those um, uh, trigger points massages mm. where they like try to reactivate it like the the infor- the muscle the information between the muscle and the brain mm-hmm. and that was so painful that was so painful but like uh, I think the after four months moving the hands and then I I had a few improvements like the legs took a while the legs like even like uh, they tried to stand me up there was a uh, when you're in hospital they have uh, the there's a lot of things to a lot of things they use it to help you improve. They have those uh, those be- beds with like sea belts where they would like stand you up so the, the circulation can mm. kind of go back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they have like uh, they have sea belts where they put you in the sea belts. They stand and you kind of move with someone behind you. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that the what I. I think eight months, seven, eight months, I started kind of doing a proper steps. Mm. So we had like a, from three to eight months, we like probably did a couple of steps. Like, yeah, the, the improvement in the legs took a while. Even like a year, probably like 11 months, I was still like walking more like a, like a robot. Mm. Unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable. So, so mate, you 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 had never like been a runner before any of this. Like, what 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 inspired you to like go from being like someone that could hardly walk into becoming a runner? Oh, and I, I never thought about running. But like, uh, when I was in in hospital, one of the physios he was a triathlete, mm-hmm. and he's like he used to make fun all the times. Like, man, who likes surfing? It's crowds and uh, it. It's such a waste of time. Uh, try to do something different. Try to go for a run. So you always talk about running, mm-hmm. running, swimming, and I, and I was like, man, I love surfing. Never gonna run. <laughs> and then uh, I remember there was I started running pretty much in 2010. Right. So it was like yeah. uh, six years after you moved to Australia. Yeah. So 2004 moved to Australia. 2005 I had the injury. And then 2006, I met my ex who uh, we had a kid, so I had two kids. Mm-hmm. She had one, I adopted, and then we had another one. And then 2010, that's where the running started. Jeez, so you've only been running, well, about 11 years, or I guess the same as me, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, unreal. Yeah. So, oh, so how, just... how did it all start, mate? Like, where, where, so, where... I... Uh, I remember, like, uh, I used to work as a chef with a friend, and his girlfriend, who is, like, his wife now, she used to do triathlon. And it pretty much started, like, oh, there's a, there's a Gold Coast Marathon in July, and uh, why you guys don't sign for something? So I was like, oh, yes, good idea. So I think in 2010, I did the 10Ks. Mm-hmm. So I did the 10K, signed for the 10Ks. And uh, I did a bit of like, a, I started this like a couple of jogs and, but I never know, like I didn't know what that, like a, a marathon was, like that, like it's like a, a, a cycle of, of good energy. Like I remember going for my first 10 case <clears throat> and I got a complete addicted. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what sort of time did you do it in? I think I did 42. <laughs> So it's still pretty bloody good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did that. It was a 42, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, mate. That, that, that's, I think uh, the first one that I did uh, was 43, actually. So, oh, um, yeah, so yeah. pretty, pretty similar. <laughs> probably, probably around the same time. I think that was a long, yeah. Launceston 10, which is a 10K yeah. race in Launceston. Yeah, there you go. Unreal. Oh, nice. Unreal. Yeah, because yeah, I, I remember because G. Castell, he used to say some words before the star line and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and like everything he said was just like going in like, straight and hard like 
it's like and then that's when I, I really fall in love for Ronnie. I was like I I I just love it. Mm. I just love it. I just want to get better and better. I just want to like, uh, just enjoy the the process and uh, and have like a good time. Mm. I I don't think I ever wants to be competitive to anyone, but like you, you once you I think prove it to yourself like uh, where you like especially like oh look where I was and just see where I could could go. Mm. Mm, amazing, mate. Like you, you could actually hold on to that. Like we we we've talked about this, but like I I sort of um, I went the other way because once I I let go of the competition, the joy for running uh-huh. the joy for yeah. running came. Like I just actually like I I just go out. I'm free. I, I don't I don't feel any connection with the time or you know how quick I've got to get somewhere or whatever. There's no attachment. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's what I sort of uh, that's when things really start to change for me with it, but. Mate, so let's let's talk a bit more about. So you went from that ten k, and what was next? The ten k's, and then the following year I did the half marathon. Mm-hmm. I did a half marathon. I ran well. I did a one twenty four and I think forty seconds. Shit. And then uh, and then I, I always like everyone was always talk about like a break three hours in the marathon. Yeah. And then I ran my first marathon the following year. I ran a two fifty nine. Jesus, yeah, unbelievable! And your first marathon, first marathon. I remember like uh, Monigetti was pacing the three hours, mm-hmm. and he was just like uh, the, the most beautiful human like ever. I didn't even know who Monigetti was, or all the stories, all the marathons uh, legends, and I was just to have that guy pacing me and all saying those beautiful things, and I was like, wow. I hope one day I can pace a marathon to someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, he's from Ballarat, not far from I'm from in Victoria, but uh, uh, yeah, mate, he, he seems to, to be a very level human being. Um, oh. so would you, it would have been a great person to, uh, to have mentor you earlier on. Oh, man. I, I think if you have the chance to get him in your podcast. Mm-hmm. He he has some. I'm sure he has some amazing stories. Amazing stories of he, he pacing marathons as well. Yes. Because it's it's such a rewarding thing to do as well. Oh look, absolutely. So so so, just talk us through that. So he actually ran a new sort of like just like tailed him. So he, right? he runs if he, he runs a balloon like the three hours balloon and mm. he literally like motivates you the whole way. Mm-hmm. Like mm. like. So keep yeah. going, mate. Keep going. And it's like, uh, like, oh, make sure you drink some uh, electrolytes, uh, some gels here. Come on, guys. Yeah, you're getting close to the 32Ks mark. That's when, like they say, you're going to hit the wall. Keep doing, keep going. You're doing well. But, like, it's just going like it. And as got tougher, he, he wouldn't stop. He would just, like, uh, it, was, it was a perfect day. And I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> <laughs> I just having that guy running for balloon. Pacing in like my first marathon, I was just like, "Wow, how amazing is that?" Tell me, uh, how many was in the pack? Oh, at the beginning there was like, there was a big pack. There's always a like in the three hours, there's always a big pack. Mm. But like the ones who stick to the to the end, probably a ten, fifteen. Unreal. Yeah, yeah unreal. You, and you made that, mate. That, that's incredible. I made first, first ever, first ever ever race. Mate, yeah, um, where did that take you after that? All right, after that, I, I had few. Uh, I think like I, I had the learning stage pretty much. I had the learning stage all the way from uh, my first marathon. I did. I I think running a marathon, I never ran slow at ten or three hours. So that too, and then I did a two fifty five in uh, Sydney. And then I did a 2.48 in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. And then I did a couple 70.3 Ironmans. Mm-hmm. But I can, my swimming is just like horrible. Right, okay. I can't, I can't swim, can't swim. And then uh, <laughs> after that, I'm supposed to go to another Cairns Ironman. And I say, ah, oh, now you know what? I'm going to do a 50Ks on the road. Yep, beautiful. And then I did a 50Ks on the road and 
50 cases back in the days wasn't that competitive as a marathon. Mm -hmm. So I did a 50 case. I think I ran 335. Nice. Yeah, very good. Uh, and then I was like the first man across the across the line. You won. Because yeah, I won. Yeah, yeah right. I was yeah. a yeah, the Gold Coast 100. They always also do a Gold Coast 50. Mm -hmm. I ended up winning that race three times. Really unbelievable. So yeah. 50 k's your uh, your 50 k's my thing. Yeah, preferred 50 distance, I, love, yeah. I love 50 k. I found out that year 50 k's would be my thing, yeah. and I would do a few marathons as well. Yep, yep, awesome, mate. So I had a few, like, I, I done like a few hundreds, like probably yes. around 10, did a couple uh, UTA 100, six, five uh, Tararara 100 mm -hmm. in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. But like, I always I always knew like the 50Ks would be my team because I, I'm really bad with nutrition. I just run with like the, for, with the love of running. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like it. Really, that I'm that guy at the start line. I'm hugging everyone, and everyone's like, "What is he guy? What is he doing? Who is that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have that thing in me because I really, I'm so happy to be there. Yeah, I think yeah, that, like, that that that's your that that is your gift, mate. Because I think so, man. I think so. Now I think it is like I never like uh, I never thought like I would. Uh, get where I am at the moment, like as a runner, I, I achieve like a lot of like crazy, really good PBs, mm. but uh, that's, that's like not what is important to me. It's more like the connection, the people I meet in the journey, like mm. the people I meet in a, in a star line, the people who I had the chance also to pace few marathons. And it's just like, yeah, it's that I think the people are, are the, the best part yeah look see the competitive nature we have in our in australia takes us too much into our mind and you've just got to watch the start of a race mate where where guys are just jumping and they're edgy and all that sort of thing and they're sort of worried about what to expect but if you're you know calm and relaxed and really enjoying what you're doing you're actually going to be like more in your parasympathetic nervous system so you're actually going to be able to relax more and you're going to enjoy what you're doing but you're too too much in the mind. I remember that first Launceston ten that uh, that I that I did ride, and I remember the the, the leading pack was sort of ahead of me, and then they sort of they got to the turn. I could see them going past uh, as I was sort of going up towards the turn, and and they were just like you know like bitching against each other and yeah. all these sort of trying to get in front of each other, and there's only three of them. Uh, but uh, it's so competitive, but. Um, you know, it's okay to have a bit of a competitive nature. Uh, that sort of sense of ego uh, is there to drive us. But if you actually can learn to uh, accept that uh, and just just be easy with yourself, then uh, it doesn't matter. You know how how things unfold. It's just you versus you at the end of the day, primarily. But, um, yeah. Yeah. If you can just enjoy what you're doing, I think that's the real gift, mate. Yeah, and then I remember, I think once I did the transition to the trails, and then that's where, like, pure love. That's mm -hmm. where, like, uh, the real human beings are. That's where, like, it, it's not as competitive. It's like there is a bit of competition, but it's it's so different. Mm -hmm. It's like ultra running is on the trails. It's it's just magical. And the people there, they... They have everyone you talk. They have some amazing star life stories as well. Mm. So you you believe being out in nature is far more superior than running on the road or just in. Oh uh, man, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. If you like, I, I always listen to heaps of podcasts and stuff. If you have a chance to take yourself to the nature once a week, mm. you you give it so much to your to your life, like. So much like you, you breathe in that beautiful air. You connect to like where we come from. That's where we all come from. That's where all those uh, those movies like that's where like uh, that's where all the real Brazilians come from. That's where the Aborigines come from. That's where all like that's where everything started. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then I think, I think right now, after all those races, like you said, all those PPs, right now, it's just like you're there to have the opportunity to run like and 
swim some waterfalls and share that with some friends and and inspire all the people to do that. It's I think yeah, you, you find your team like 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 you say. Uh, forget your watch. Forget your uh, your social media. Just like. Uh, go there and and share that with uh, some other people. Mm. Oh, absolutely, it's, mate. Yeah, like it gets back to the innate human nature that we all have to be able to to get in there, share this to some other people up, and uh, and just enjoy the connection. I guess at the end of the day, mate. And, yeah, um, you know, all, I, I, yeah. I see people they come to work. It's like, but what about snakes? What about spiders? I was like, what about cars? Yeah. What about some really aggressive humans? Yeah, that's right. Like absolutely, yes. Like snakes, they are there. They, they, if you don't do anything to them, they're not going to do anything to you. Yes, you did right, mate. And, yeah. and yeah. That's, that's the thing, actually, for me. Uh, I, a lot of people that are listening to this will know this, but I was uh, doing an event in Tasmania called the Freshnade Challenge. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was in a team, right? Of, one of them was a world multi sport champion. And uh, another guy that was really high profile and me, you know, I'm just uh, the average bloody uh, average uh, Joe. And anyway, um, uh, I was running, uh, sort of getting towards the second end of the second day. And I was going along and sort of going up a hill and this snake came out and the snake actually wow. nearly bit me. And, oh, really? And, yeah, yeah. And there was no one around. And I, I was a brown snake or a black snake or something. You know, I, if that had got me, mate, I would have been gone because there was no one around me. And... Um, uh, I realised then that I wasn't actually enjoying what I was doing. I was too much in the mind. I was actually focused on what um, the outcome was going to be, you know. So I was thinking, oh, I've got to get back because it's going to mean we're going to be a few minutes ahead of that other team and all this sort yeah. of stuff. And that actually was the, the real game changer that actually said to me, what are you doing this for? You know, why, why are you really doing this? You don't actually like looking around and enjoying what's going on. You're too much in your mind here. And, uh, and that was the moment that actually taught me, um, taught me uh, to be more um, aware of my, my emotions and thoughts and actually took me to meditation. So I wanted to uh-huh. learn more about how to manage my mind. Um, and that's, that was the turning point. So I actually took a reptile to be able to do that. And the people talking to you saying, what about snakes, you know, this, that and the other, that's, that's the fear inside. And you realize that when you actually are in nature and you're, you're flowing with nature, that everything else will take care of you, you know. Things won't be threatened by you as much as what uh, they possibly would if you're agitated, and um, uh, you know most of those things just uh, just stay away. A hundred percent, yeah, so true. <clears throat> they are there, <clears throat> but they're never gonna do anything to you if you have your, like your, your right mind. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. My <clears throat> my girlfriend now she's uh, getting me through some meditation as well. Good. Oh man, it's, it's life changing. Life changing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I feel like twice a day, 20 minutes a day, and it's just like, it's the gratitude and to be present and have that, that sparking, I think, yeah, you, it, it's really special. Mm. Oh, absolutely, mate, it is, because it gets us back to our, our, our calm, natural state, like you were when you were a kid, when you were running around Brazil, kicking a soccer ball, you know, with bare feet. Yeah. It gets you back to that innate human nature and, and you've just got to look at it. I encourage you tomorrow morning when you go running, have a look at the first living being that you see, whether that's a butterfly, whether it's a bird, whatever, and just actually notice what they're doing. Um, you know, and back then you were, you were just in, in that same form of presence that they're in, you know. Just so as, we, as we get older, we become denatured and it takes us away from that. But by doing the meditation practice and by doing your, your fitness and that type of thing, it actually gets back to the... The real self, you know, I talked to Rod about this in the podcast the other day, you know, coming back through the gears, getting back to neutral. When you get back to neutral, that's when you start to uh, be more in joy and that's, that's your highest state of consciousness. Yeah, so real. Yeah. Yeah. That's, exactly. Yeah. That's what everyone wants. So I'll give you an example, mate. I don't want to talk about myself too much here, but this morning I was in uh, Gladstone and I was up really yep. early and I was running some steep stairs at the back of this building. Um, so there was 35 stairs, so I went up steep, then there was a plateau, then up steep again, uh, and I, I did 108 uh, rotations or something, and anyway, um, I was, I was, as I was coming down, I was watching all these guys in their red shirts, just looking at yep. their phone, just looking at their phone, you know, 
Um, and I'm just thinking, they're probably looking at me, looking at this silly, uh, probably thinking, look at this silly bugger. But, um, but you know, after I'd finished that practice, I just got back to feeling me again. And then I, I ran around the block and one of those guys was sitting there having his coffee and looking at his phone. He hadn't, he hadn't done anything different, you know. So, so being, you know, there's, there's no real sense of comparison here, but, you know, I, I see that guy with compassion because I wish that he knew the gift of what is available to him if he actually gave himself time to do that. And, you know, because he's so much in his mind, he's thinking about work as soon as he wakes up, he's having a hot shower, he's looking into his phone, he's like disconnected from himself straight away. Yeah. Um, you know, so we've got to have time in the morning to tune in and, and that can come back through the gears. So that guy, he's gone straight to sixth gear straight away, you know, and that's why he's going to spend most of his day. And he'll come home and he'll try and settle through having some booze or whatever, um, which is working against our, our physiology. So, so doing what you're doing, two moments of 20-minute uh, meditations every day is tremendous because it gets you back to neutral and doing your fitness and your exercise is getting you back to that sense of joy as well, mate. And, and that's, that's, that's available to all of us. We've just got to make the choice to actually, um, you, know, to, 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 you know, be committed to enough, enough to our well-being to be able to put the time into ourselves because, you know, the money will come if you, if you are really living your passion and purpose. But if you're forcing it like that guy was and like those other guys were, you know, they're sort of, they're going to be grumpy and unhappy because they're not back to feeling themselves, you know, which is a real shame. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> how beautiful it would be if we could uh, take everyone with us, like, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. How amazing the journey for everyone would be. But I think sometimes, like, uh, some people need to live a different experience to realize what is right and what's wrong. Yeah. Like we, we, like we had in the past. And I, I think I, 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 I don't know if they are wrong or right. I think I just see it like, uh, I think what I'm doing is right. And if I can get a lot of people with me, I'm really happy. Mm. But if I can't, unfortunately, I, I'm doing my best. Mm. You're, you're so, showing up to be the best version yeah, of who you but, are every but, day, yeah. but I think like showing, having the opportunity to share that in a podcast or share that in a video, but some people like this guy, he's going to realize, it's like, wow, that's that guy who was so running today. Yeah. And those chances, he's going to have a chance, giving himself a chance to eventually do, do exactly what we're doing. Like I remember when I, I started running, there was all those people, they would come to work, or they would see me on the road and say, how can you run that much? Oh my God, make me tired just to think about. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. now, those people are there earlier than me. Yes, you're right. Yeah, it's like, uh, like probably not everyone, but like heaps of them, they are addicted to the same thing I am. Mm, they've actually they become curious and then they've, they've made, made it, a start because you've been a good example to them. Yeah, because at the end of the day, we, we just do it because we love it. Mm. Yeah. And make us amazing. feel good. It does, mate. It's amazing. And, and you know, Rod and I talked about this in the podcast the other day too, but it actually like reprogramming your DNA. So it just becomes a part of you, your innate nature to, uh, to, to work into a routine on a daily basis to be able to... You know, just just do things that don't actually make you feel joyful, I guess. And it's easy to take the other 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 step, the other directions. Like go go left rather than go right, like Tommy Herschel spoke about too. But um, uh, you know, certainly the easy option is always going to be easy. But if you can actually just get past that little uh, little hurdle and that little challenge, then the growth and the the happiness on the other side is tremendous. You know, it doesn't have to be pushing your body hard every day. It's about sort of tapping into your soul and getting back to your, your real spirit and, and that can be done through meditation as well. Just connecting with the breath is really what it's all about, that nice gentle flow, telling your body and your nervous system that everything's okay and then everything around you will start to flow better and you'll shop uh, you know, in society as being a better version of yourself rather than grumpy. It's so true. It feels like your body is like it's someone else. Like it feels like your body, your you need to listen to your body and just let the body do what they want. Mm. 
like like in some mornings you wake up and like you have just like oh the body feels like I'm just gonna run easy today and then you just run easy like you just like let the body like decide what to do yes that's I think that's right. like a I've been like learning and like one thing I'm gonna definitely uh, go back after talking to you is gave me like myself once or twice a week a run with that watch. I remember I used to do that all the time mm-hmm. and just like just have the pleasure of being running. Don't care like how many K's I'm doing, what the time or anything. Yes, yeah, absolutely mate. Get, get out and get out there, forget about your identity. You know, forget about yeah. who you are, forget about, you know, Ando, all that stuff. Just actually be connected with what's going on, connected with the stars, the universe, everything around you and watch what happens. You yeah, know? 100%. Like uh, we, I got home today, I told my girlfriend, I was like, let's go outside and just uh, watch the sunset. Mm-hmm. So we just put the chairs there and watch the sunset for like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and then, I'm like, as, as the sunset was about to end, two cucubaras came and started going crazy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And, so, and yeah. there we go. Like, uh, what else do you need? Like, yeah. Yeah. like it's, it's so simple. Yeah. It, it's just like, I think it, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, mate, they're, 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 get, that's the thing. They're, they're doing everything that they're meant to be doing, you know? Yes. And uh, if, if people like what, uh, listen to this podcast, and they just take the the lesson. It's simple. You just need to go out there and be happy and share that with other people. Mm. Mate, that that's that's a beautiful way to end this because I think we could talk a lot more. Um, oh, we can't go for hours. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we want to make sure that people um, people. Uh, uh, stay connected with what we're saying and don't um, don't drift off. We'll do a part two soon, mate. We'll do a this will be part one of our conversation. Then we'll do a part two in a few weeks, I think, uh, to be Sounds able to great. talk more about uh, specific topics and be able to, you know, um, express your wisdom to people out there. Because I know I know through your journey, you know, how powerful what you've actually done can be for other people out there listening to help them make small subtle changes in their lives uh, they don't have to do the big athletic pursuits like you've done it's just about doing little things that actually get them back to that sense of joy and passion and love and purpose again you know so mate unbelievable uh and really grateful for you joining me uh, you go need to get out and do what you were going to do is that a run you were, you said you're going to do now just in nature no no uh i was like no i was just like uh, we did the sunsets before so yeah. now i'm like fully free I always like I, I run most of the mornings. Yes. And then, and then I just uh, meditate or do a little bit of a couple of exercises in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah, good. That's all yeah. you need to do, mate. Look, I I need to start teaching you some Yin Yoga. So I taught Scotty Page and a few guys. Yeah. Wilkie and uh, and that when I was down there and and these guys were doing Yin at night. That just settles them down, you know. And um, that's a great uh, great practice to get into because it just helps the body. Uh, become more subtle and when you do get up in the morning you're sort of a bit more refreshed and the fascia in the body's sort of been rehydrated and uh, it's a great way to finish the day so we'll uh we'll talk more about that later on and uh be able to uh you know see if we can help you uh tap into this side of things uh you know the yin and the yang that's what i always say your, your, yep. your meditation and your, your yin yoga as well as your running is a, is a beautiful balance so Brother, thank you for your time. Uh, we thank will, you very uh, much. We will definitely connect in a couple of weeks and uh, we'll do this uh, again, I believe, uh, throughout another conversation. But, uh, yeah, I know um, I know a lot of the listeners uh, sort of give us uh, an hour and they sort of switch off. So it's a good uh, good time to finish this one and we'll, uh, we'll talk again soon. Beautiful. Thank you for the opportunity. Appreciate and, it. Ha- have a great time, brother. Thanks, buddy. Guys, I hope you enjoyed uh, our chat. Um, and I could have kept going for, for ages, uh, but we've really just scratched the surface on what's, uh, what's available to, uh, to share. So I think, as I said, we'll do a version two or a part two uh, to our conversation in a few weeks' time. Um, is there anything you'd like us to touch on topic-wise that you listen to tonight? You know, please touch base with me. Um, and I'd love some uh, some ideas on what you'd like to uh, 
to, to get from this podcast um, uh, in other ways as well. So, yeah, please, please let me know. Um, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll certainly get Ando uh, more involved with, uh, with this journey as we, uh, we get going. So email me at support at And as I mentioned earlier, please um, try and support Green Nutritionals. Um, if you're a runner, like this stuff will, will help you. I've got no doubt that that potent green barley grass powder is so uh, alkaline. It uh, can only do good things for our bodies and minds. So, uh, yeah, appreciate your support. Um, and, uh, yeah, look forward to your feedback. Talk to you soon with another podcast in the next few days. Cheers.